Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I've always believed that as long as the content is good, more content is better. People have a thirst for content, blogs, guides, videos, and even podcasts hosted by two board marketers. But can you have too much content? I'm Joe Glover, founder of The Marketing Meetup, a global community that connects and educates over 20,000 marketers in the most lovely way possible. Everything we do, we do it to put the human beings we help first. I'm Richard Wood. I lead the marketing agency Six and Flow. I've worked in marketing for around 19 years now, and I'm a massive believer in that marketers should be trying to engage with people on a human level, not just treating them as leads and numbers in a spreadsheet. So, Rich... You had the thought initially about about this episode, so uh, do you want to introduce? Do you want to do you want to give us context for what made you think about too much content? Nice, nice shirking of your responsibility. The intro there, Joe. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, so this came from actually this this idea came from you uh, a few weeks, maybe even a month ago, when we were talking about something, and we were we were talking about. Um, how we schedule things and like having enough time to like promote this episode I think we were talking about can we fit this into like our overall kind of content calendar that's being pushed out um, to like get more listeners onto uh, Humans Come First podcast and it got me thinking that so you produce or are involved in the production of a ton of content right mm-hmm. I'm involved in like either personally producing content or I'm uh, leading an agency that is producing a lot of content and obviously I'm incentivized to make sure that people are seeing those content pieces and like other posts that the agency wants to put out. And it got me thinking, if if we've got so much content, are we at the point or can we be at the point when we have too much content? Because if I've, I've always grown up with the, uh, I say grow up, <laughs> in, in marketing <laughs> terms, I've always grown up with the belief that more content... Yeah. So when I was a little boy, I used to think about content. But so well, Feynman Sam, I think, was the, the pinnacle for me. And Super Ted, you might not remember either of those. But um, Super Ted was the name of my first teddy bear. We digress nice. anyway. <laughs> so, but I always grew up with the belief that too much. Um, you could never have too much content. The more content you had, the more that you were able to get eyeballs on it. The crawlers will go through it, and as long as it's not shitty content. And even when we went through the like the penguin and panda updates and all that kind of shit, as long as the content was good, wasn't keyword stuffed, had relevance, and it was human human friendly, then it was more likely to rank. And the overall the site, you've got breadth and depth of content, blah 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 blah. But now, as a, as an agency at least, and for me personally, SEO isn't necessarily the, the biggest driver of traffic to for us anymore. So we as an agency and personally rely on, and this goes for you as well, we rely mm-hmm. quite heavily on personal brand. Mm-hmm. And our personal brands are driven heavily by the social presence that we have. And 
from that social presence, we've got, so you and I roughly work to one, one LinkedIn post a day, right? Mm-hmm. Give or take. Yeah. And we're fairly consistent with it. And we've talked at length about what, what's needed to kind of ramp all that up. Consistency is key. Make sure the content is good, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But we are limited to seven posts each a week, right? Yeah. We have, so if you look at the content that I've got, I've got a uh, a webinar that we regularly run for our agency. We've mm-hmm. got a, a weekly LinkedIn Live that we run every Friday. I've got blog content that's been produced by the agency. I've got posts just like thought leadership. You guys can't actually see me do the, the fingers around the quotes there, but thought leadership content that we're putting out in um, on LinkedIn. We've got like video content, a ton of shit basically. Mm-hmm. I can't physically get all of that in in seven days. Yep. You have your weekly webinar series. You have your thought leadership content. You've got, oh, what else do you do, Joe? Surely there's something else in there. But, <laughs> but you get the point, right? So very quickly, we've we've reached saturation point. So is there too much content? And that's basically where my thought chain got to. So now it's back over to you. <laughs> nice. I like how this episode is turning out. We're just like throwing stuff in the air and then yeah. saying, catch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do something with that. But but yeah, no, I, I fully agree. And actually, this has been the issue uh, that's probably been top of my mind um, since COVID struck, really. And I've discussed this already in, a, in a previous episodes, but one of the things that I'm very, very mindful of um, is that every time I send an email, it's another email that we've sent. Or every time I put a status up on LinkedIn, it's another status, you know, or, or even the podcast episode. And, and I think there's a couple of concerns the first is that it gets annoying the second is that like you get overexposed so people like start hearing the same stuff they're like yeah you know whatever you know i've heard i've heard enough of them you know i won't bother engaging anymore and i do think there's a line which you walk which is like uh you want to be out there you want to be seen but actually when you start getting seen then you don't want to be seen quite as much to the point where like people get bored so you know it's it's a delicate balance and i think it's something that folks often speak about the first half, but very rarely the second. Um, and it's a challenge. It's a real challenge. I think uh, more than that, I definitely subscribe to the same thought process that you did about SEO and you put content out there. And to be honest, it was a certain extent, you know, a little bit of a build it and they will come. You know, you put a blog post up and you expect, you know, the next day there'll just be a bunch of people linking to it. Your traffic will go up and stuff like that. And honestly, I've never really seen that theory put into practice, particularly successfully. The, the, the blogs, the, the publications which I see flying are also the ones which take the time to actually make the content sing and get the backlinks and sort of like actually put the effort into distribution quite as much as they do into content production. Uh, a couple of examples would be uh, Harry, Harry Dry at Marketing Examples and Carrie Rose at Rise at Seven. Both of them have done webinars with the marketing meetup. And, and the thing that struck me with both of them was that both take the time to produce their content in a way which is thoughtful, considered. It's quick as well, which is a, the other side to this argument. But both of them uh, apply a focused thought to the creation of all this content that they put in and then spend an awful lot of time on distribution as well. So I think, you know, that's something that I've never done, but the results actually come through, you know, seeing the process through, through both quality content creation and also quality distribution. Um, 
which I guess sort of leads me to a place where it's like it's not just the content that matters; it's also the distribution. It's the whole. It's the whole thing. Which is so interesting. Do, do you reckon there's a, like a tipping point or like a a stage where you get to, and then you have to be more considered around that? So let's let's assume. So every LinkedIn coach, and I do say that with a, a dirty taste in my mouth because I really <laughs> don't don't appreciate them, but. Yeah every LinkedIn coach out there, and even both you and I have talked about this before, is like, if you were starting from scratch, be mm -hmm. consistent, get content out there, say, like, have a voice and start saying things, get it all out there, just keep going until you start to get traction. Is there a point where you go from trying to get traction to mm -hmm. having traction and then having to dial it back again? So you build the audience and then you have to level it back out and you have to really start considering it. So in the, um, uh, Carrie and Harry, um, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> when, when Carrie met Harry, um, when uh, in those examples where they're kind of focused and um, kind of almost in like that deep work frame of mind, mm. do you feel like there's like the successful things you would have in your distribution channels, you would have a, a clear message and like, a, a, I'm not even asking the question. Yes, obviously we want there to be a clear and consistent message across all of that because we want to be known for a certain thing. And if you are known for a certain thing, people then start to associate that thing with you and they go looking to you for the answers, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. My question actually is, do you think you're at that stage where, so you have an audience, right? So you, mm. you get consistent traction with your posts, like people are listening. Are you at that stage? And do you have a clear and consistent plan with what you are talking about, how you're talking about it, and then how you're integrating the, the content that you have at your disposal? Mm -hmm. um, I think I am possibly getting towards that stage. And that also feels quite uncomfortable for me to, to sort of admit, you know, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things like this weekend, this weekend I posted, no, yeah, don't start. Uh, <laughs> this weekend I posted like a picture of my laptop case that arrived over the weekend. And like, I'm not saying this is crazy numbers, but it was a lot for me relative to a few years ago where if I posted the same image a few years ago, it would have got like two likes and it had like 180 instead, you know, and there was a bunch of comments on it and stuff like that. So like, it wasn't like the most thoughtful piece of content that's ever been produced, but you know, people chose to engage with it. So I think there's something in that to a certain extent that the audience is growing. But what do you, what do you think that, that in that particular example, mm -hmm. were you, and I'm, I'd say this with a bit of tongue in cheek, did yeah. you post that because you had nothing else to post that day and you were like, do you know what? I'm going to post an image of this. I'm sure people are going to like this because they normally like the imagery type stuff. Or did yeah. you post that as part of a content strategy or plan? As in, yeah. here is here is my logo on a plate. Like people are seeing this business grow from what was just a meetup into something that now has its own swag and branding. Like we've now got laptop covers, we've made it type thing. Like is there, yeah. was there a plan or were you out of content? I think on that day, it was a Sunday. So I post it on Sunday and I think at the weekend I do post uh, semi-regularly but I tend to try and post more light-hearted stuff so it's not like a, a bit of marketing insight or something like that so I, I think that arrived that morning so I was like you know I, I'll just post that as a bit of light-hearted something to share with the community there wasn't like a big content plan which is the second half of your question from earlier do I have a big plan and the answer is no not really and I wish I did um, so Ash Jones is brilliant at this um, so he's the guy that was behind the personal brand of Stephen Bartlett. And the way that he recommends folks go about it is that they put together 
three to five subjects which they want to be known for uh, and use those as your sort of guiding lights so you actually go through the active consideration thing of saying these are the things that i want to be known for after that you put together some subjects that would fit underneath each of those columns and then and then a narrative associated with each of those columns so for example if we're speaking about marketing uh, you would have uh, marketing on the top level then you'd have like seo ppc uh, strategy whatever and then you'll have a narrative next to each of those uh, things so seo is great ppc is fabulous you know but uh, personal branding is rubbish you know whatever it may be but you've got a viewpoint on each of these things and i don't have that at the moment it's always been very natural i think the place which i'm getting to now is that i would love to be doing stuff like more speaking gigs and more podcasts and more blog posts and stuff like that and i don't know myself what the thing that i would if i was in an organizer's shoes i don't know what the thing that i would be asked to speak about you know i think i'd be known as like a guy who does marketing but i don't know if i'd be known as a guy who does marketing on a specific thing in the same way as as jones is like the personal branding guy and um but what's what's the thing that like when so when you and i chat right what's mm -hmm. the thing that you get most fired up and energized about talking to me about like what's that what's the topic that we touch on or like an area that we 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 focus on that mm. drives that passion behind you um well i i've I think it goes back down to the the title of this podcast right it's, it's the humanity behind marketing and and so uh right now i'm working on a, a an article that is uh, titled should marketing marketing be kind um you know and i think that kindness in marketing is like a thing that is true to uh, me as a person and i would actually say that the answer to that which i'm coming to is marketing doesn't have to be kind um so you know i have I'm not proof really... <laughs> yeah i love that someone mentioned the angel and devil dynamic that grows yeah. on things the other day that was really I've, I've proof my newsletter that went out this week had the the subject line your ideas are worthless full stop <laughs> and it had the best open rate we've ever had on that newsletter <laughs> honestly i think there's love and there's hate you know i think i've discussed this before but yep. you got either end of the spectrum and, and people lean into love or hate and uh if you're doing one then you're doing all right but i don't but on and we are digressing from the topic on that but with that particular like i don't that was a probably aggressive provocative kind of i like people are intrigued uh, is is rich this person who i've signed up to his newsletter and therefore i'm going to assume respect my thoughts or like that's why they're engaging with that they want to know what i think and if I'm then saying to them, your ideas are worthless, there's a trigger that's going to go, actually, I really want to read that. Yeah. But those people also know me in terms mm -hmm. of like the way that I position myself, the the persona that I have in the content that I put out, which I don't actually see as a persona because I am very, very like, like I am what you see is what you get across all of the channels in most respects. Um, yeah. I, there is there are some channels where I'm probably a little more open, but yeah. like you pretty much get what you, what you see. And I think they they would probably assume that there is a like i'm not being aggressive i am not necessarily rubbishing their ideas because yeah. they know that that is the angle that i take so i've done that exercise with the the three things that i want to be known for yeah. Fuck if i can remember what any of them are but like <laughs> one of them is like very similar to you 
the reason that we do this podcast is because we both believe in that human-centric marketing. And mm. I think we, we come at it from similar, similar angles, but we also diverge. So I don't think we actually have to fight over it at the moment, maybe one day. But <laughs> I definitely win. But the... <laughs> but the um, You'll be like 400 years old by that point. So. <laughs> it's all right, mate. Older and wiser. And uh, <laughs> again, we are digressing. But the like, if you... If you look at it from that perspective, I have the thing that I want to be known for and the way that I want to talk. And the way that I want to talk, because I believe in that human-centric marketing, is that I want to speak like a human. I want to give you my opinions, my thought processes, and I don't necessarily want to filter that. And that's where... So if I start to look at how I position content, I don't really have much of a... I wouldn't say there's like a content plan because i write a lot of the posts on the day like the morning that i post them while my kids are eating cereal beside me like that's that's pretty much the process i go through a lot of the time but what i do have is on on a a monday normally i will um publish that we're going to do the linkedin live so that people can start to register it because i can only register that a week in advance through linkedin and then on a on a Tuesday, I'll probably do like a thought leadership piece. On a Wednesday, I might talk about a recruitment post. On a Friday, I might talk about like, you get the idea. So there's like different things that are going out at different times. And they are all focused around the overarching theme of growth. Mm -hmm. And that kind of like, there's a bit of marketing and there's a bit of sales. And there's also a bit of how I am running a business and the things Mm -hmm. that I think about running a business. And it's half thought, uh, like thought leadership. It's half experience. I know I can't have three halves, but I guess then the other bit is like my life and the way that what I'm doing affects my life as well. So like you on the weekend, I will normally have a softer, more tongue in cheek post that goes out. It might be images of the kids. So like the snow day um, when over Christmas we were throwing, I had a video of my daughter throwing a snowball at me and just like we're I use that as a basis to say like I'm actually taking some time out now. Yeah. And it's that kind of stuff. My favorite ever post is when I... Um, poked fun at the Salesforce community and they went berserk. So like it's that kind of stuff. So I have a a persona of direction, kind of the stuff I want to talk about, but no real overarching goal. And I think that's where I need to change the way that I look at it and have a a kind of definitive direction. Yeah. And and so and I guess that definitive direction then helps with stuff when you know, I, I think I also have a, a similar structure in that I know I'm probably going to be posting about a webinar on Monday, thinking about it. You know, I, I've never thought about this in depth, but, you know, Monday is webinar, Tuesday is about the webinar that just happened. Saturday, Sunday is more lighthearted, which leaves Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for everything else. Um, and I guess the difficulty with that sort of loose structure that we hold in our heads is that it's a loose stru- loose structure that is very tactically based, but it's without the strategy. Yeah. But it's a fine example of tactics making you feel busy without necessarily moving you forward. Um, and it, that's kind of true and kind of not true because like, I think both of us have done an all right job at building a, a quote unquote personal brand, even if we haven't had that strategy. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think you're right in that there's something in it in, in having um, a broader plan behind things. Um, and pause because there was a question that came to my mind, which I completely blanked on. <laughs> so, coming back to like the overall question, then, so like, can we have too much content? So, 
and I'm kind of using content loosely there because uh, like normally we would say like videos, blogs, um, podcasts, shit like that would be content. But I'm also talking about like the thought leadership posts, the promoting the webinars and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. how how do you balance it because you have too much content for yeah. if you're posting once a day how yeah. do you balance that well i don't know whether i have <laughs> i think that's the truthful answer is that like i carry a lot of guilt that i don't promote this podcast more than i do you know yeah, and, you and should. You've, yeah well, you know and, and you've always been very good at promoting the podcast in comparison to me you know so um i don't think i have the answer and how you get around it i think you just need to sort of open yourself up a little bit and and sort of um work beyond well in fact you know what the answer is is that you need to have a strategy behind it and you need to have that idea and say well the thing that i'm working towards is this and therefore the the posts and the content that are going to help me get to that place are this you know actually it's probably as simple as that um but if you don't have the goal if you don't have the, the reason to do it other than doing it itself and enjoying the likes and the engagement and, and all that sort of stuff, then uh, then you probably do end up in a scenario which I'm in for sure, you know, which is posting, uh, knowing that it's doing something, but not necessarily knowing if it's working towards the goal uh, that we need it to. What is your so, goal? Um, well, I think I have two. Um, so I think there's a personal goal and then there's a business goal. So I think the personal goal is that I would love to be doing more speaking gigs. I'd love to be sort of paid to do that as well. I'd, I'd like that to be like part of my career, you know, and, and alongside that, I'd also like to write books and, and that stuff. So almost by definition, I need to build an element of reputation or notoriety within the industry. Um, that means when I do a talk or do a book, then it's worth attending or it's worth paying for, or it's worth engaging with. Um, so I guess there's one element, which is build the audience and sort of become known as the marketing person. The second is that the marketing meetup, um, is growing and, you know, there's a message behind the marketing meetup as well, which is, you know, one of community and bringing people together. And I fundamentally, fundamentally believe that to be the way to go forward. And likewise, that goal kind of mishmashes with the personal goal, which is, if we want to spread that message, then we've got to be known, you know, we've got to be known for it. So I guess on a high level, my goal is slightly different to, I'd say a B2B brand in that fame is probably 
an element of the goal. You know, it's becoming well known, uh, which sounds really weird. And I, I don't think it really sits comfortably, but it's probably true. Um, so so don't judge me <laughs> like i know you're how about you i mean what would you what would you say would so i think a, a big driver behind it is obviously um revenue generation uh, the, yeah. like if you if you roll it all back where we're trying to ultimately get it to is revenue generation now it would be very rare that it would be a kind of like almost like a last click attribution that it's come from the personal posting most of our sales now come from somebody who has engaged with um, the personal brand across, either from me or from one of the other leadership team, who's engaged with the personal brand at some point in the sales process. Not mm -hmm. necessarily the first point, but at some point it's used to nurture or like they will be exposed to that at some point. And it, it massively, massively helps because it gives credibility to um, who we are as an agency, they can start to see the personality behind the agency, all mm -hmm. of that. So revenue is a a um, one of the goals. Mm -hmm. The other is, I think, fame. I don't know if I'd quite call it fame because I'm not chasing fame. Fame mm -hmm. is would be a byproduct of growing the brand to ultimately grow the revenue. Yeah. Um, I'd love to do speaking, but even if mm -hmm. I got to the point where I was doing speaking, it would still be to overall grow the brand that I am associated with. Yeah, um, however, having said that though, it's very rare that I will sell shit on across my personal brand. It's very mm -hmm. rare that you'll see a post from me saying, come buy this from us, use our service for this. Yeah. Sometimes it'll be in there, but it's very rare. So I do use it uh, as a brand awareness piece but a soft approach to a brand awareness piece, as in it's not us shouting about six and flow, it's us growing my profile to then grow for, grow the profile that I'm associated with. Mm. Um, and that's, I think it's an important difference because people buy from people, blah, blah, blah. We've all heard that before, but it's it's that, that difference that it humanizes it, which comes back to what we talk about here. It humanizes the brand and it, it makes people feel like they're in part of something so if you mm. if you have access to the leadership team you're excited by like you feel like you're watching somebody who is quote unquote famous mm -hmm. who is engaged on these channels other people are looking up to this person and you can visibly see that because you can see the lights the engagement how much content is going out there you either agree or disagree with the posts and you start to go, actually, these people really know what they're talking about. And I can have access to that person by engaging with them. Actually, I really want to work with them as an agency. So you almost, I think what you and I are doing is creating a, a fan base around mm. the personal brands that mm. is then translatable into the services that we ultimately offer behind that. Mm. So I would, I would question if you're necessarily chasing fame as yep. opposed to chasing the outcome and fame will be a byproduct yeah, of that. Absolutely. It works on levels, doesn't it? And and likewise, I guess um, you speak about humanizing the brand and stuff like that, but then two words I think you used there were about credibility and sort of humanity. Yep. And, you know, like I think likewise the tier one sort of level is sort of like humanity is what you're aiming for. But then the sort of tier two is the way that you go about achieving that is through establishing credibility and, and humanity so showing the snowball picture etc um so yeah you know I, i'm in full agreement you know that probably the word fame 
sits funny with me probably because it's not true in a sense you know I, I think the message is far more important um and the belief is that um having a wider distribution on that message is is a pleasant thing and, and an ideal scenario so yeah no no this very is, true. So my biggest bugbear coming back to linkedin coaches and this is why i don't like a lot of them like i mean don't get me wrong there's be people out there who are coaching and doing a good job of it and kind of helping but most of them talk about tactics around have a call to action on everything you do like yeah. be promoting yourself at every stage and i think that is absolutely the wrong way to go particularly if you don't already have an audience mm. you have to start with building the audience you have to and even even where we are now we have yeah. to be aware that we have to balance between audience growth and mm. audience engagement and what we are ultimately trying to do with that audience yeah. like there has to be a balance and that's where i think a lot of coaches and people who are just starting out on linkedin or just not just starting but like starting to try and grow that presence is mm. they go straight in with the ask always the ask always the ask and it's just the wrong way to do it in my opinion it's mad you know i mean we're certainly not holding ourselves up as the example of things to copy ever you know but you know having spent more time than we'd care to admit on linkedin then even today you know if if i'd expect a normal post to get whatever if i was to put a call to action in it it would probably quarter you know a quarter of the people would engage with that specific thing you know and and if your sample size is that you usually get four likes and then you get one or you usually get four clicks or whatever it doesn't really matter what the numbers are you know if you put in the call to action and everything people are going to tire of your content so 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 quickly so it's, it's funny because like i can always tell when i've had a week of like heavy promotion so we're we're heavily recruiting at the moment so if anybody wants a job come look at our website but the <laughs> Um, heavily recruiting we've got a webinar series that started we've got the linkedin lives i've got the newsletter that i have to promote all of these things and i had a, a probably two weeks of heavy ask like ask 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 and you can always see the next week when you flick back into like the give or like just sharing content um posts it is just like the numbers drop and it takes a while to then get mm -hmm. back up to that because then I think people then become a tune of, oh, there's Rich's post. I, yeah. I didn't engage with it last time. Why would I engage with it now? Because he's asking me to do something. Well, that's it. And, and that is the flip side to much of this argument, right? That there is such a thing as too much content. And I hate the thought of pandering to algorithms because like, I just don't believe that that's the way to do things. But there is part of it part of the discussion which is that you know linkedin or whatever would would like you to post every day and if you get momentum behind your profile then they'll show more of your stuff to more people you know so there is an advantage in having that momentum and having four posts in a row which get more than 50 likes you know will probably mean that on the fifth day you'll probably get you know 100 or, or whatever it is you know I, I think there is something in that so that that build-up process is certainly one that i've observed too so it's uh it's all about the texture my old boss used to speak about used to uh we used to run two and a half day conferences and uh he always used to put out all of the the speakers and the talks on post-it notes and he'd shuffle them around over the course of the uh, over the course of the two and a half day schedule and he said that the thing that he was trying to create was texture so within those moments, there was like, there was the high energy talk and then there was a more sort of informational one and then there was X, Y, Z.
and really we're just doing the same here you know we're trying to create a texture within our content which sort of means that it's not just all one all the other in big bursts it's you know it's it's a it's an ebb and a flow it's a texture of, of content throughout the course of time so i'm i'm gonna round it up then so from this three mm -hmm. words to take out of it texture balance and credibility and i think mm -hmm. that's as long as you focus on those things then and the content fits within that then i think you'll be all right absolutely no absolutely i'd, I'd probably add strategy and goals to that potentially um because i think on a personal level that's what i'm missing but i think that's a, a very good starting point with your with your three thanks joe you're welcome mate and also joe exciting news you had a new arrival yesterday <laughs> yesterday i don't know when this podcast episode is going out so <laughs> oh my, oh wait my iphone yes yeah. joe the iphone <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's actually all right i quite like it Good. I'm glad, Joe. I'm glad we brought you into the real world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's about it. As ever, please leave us a five-star review because it does make us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. We have ordered some swag t-shirts to give away, but they are not here yet. <laughs> so as soon as they come, then we will start sending those out. Um, and those of you who have left reviews, don't worry, I have noted it down, so I won't forget. Um, anything from you, Joe? Uh, nope. All good. Thank good. you for listening. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.